What up, party people? It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 53 of the No Mercy podcast. Today, we were joined by our newest elite mafia celebrity at Sports Cheetah on Twitter, Preston Johnson. Me, Preston, and Rob broke down the whole conference tournament slate. Uh, you can go to mybookie.ag, use promo code Guru Elite for a 50% deposit bonus, and you can get down on all these props that we're talking about. Uh, we went into a little bit of March Madness stuff, but we're going to do more of that next week. Once the brackets come out, we're going to have Preston back with us, and we're going to go through all the brackets and sleepers, busts, things that we see happening, odds to win it all. But this one is focused on the conference tournaments, and then Rob forced us to work in some Bachelor talk. I didn't realize Preston is actually an avid Bachelor fan. So we started with a few minutes of it. Then at the end, me and Rob gave some bets on the Bachelorette. If you guys have access to any of those, I have some inside information on who a long-shot Bachelorette candidate might be. So you want to get in on this and get down on any sites that you can find the odds for the person I name at the end of the podcast. So without further ado, hit it, Miyagi. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. what up let's get weird it's your boy tommy g here with episode 53 of the no mercy podcast today i'm joined by the alcoholic what up robert i'm here baby i'm here i'm here and we're not really caring about you because we got our special guest our newest found celebrity from the elite mafia preston johnson at sports cheetah on twitter what up cheetah what's up guys how you been I, I'm like honored to be speaking to you. I don't know. As good as you. Yeah. Rob, have you ever, you said in the text, you've never done a show with a celebrity before, right? No, this is, I mean, I, 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 I'm like stumbling over my words. I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like 20 hours deep here, but like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that big yet. But uh, I appreciate the love, honestly. It's been a fun little experience, and hopefully we can pick winners on the show and it actually does well, and I'm not, you know, fired in a couple months or something. Yeah, let's let's explain what you're doing and where you went. I know a lot of the elite mafia subs uh, know what's going on, but you got a gig with ESPN. Yeah, uh, you got a show at 6 p.m. that you're on. I think you're on it every day, right? Yeah, Monday through Friday, and I'll be on at least four times a week, probably five for the time being. Yeah, yeah, it's called Daily Wager. Uh, it's on at 6 p.m. There's a bunch of guys on. It. It's a good show. I think it's the best ESPN show after just one episode. Nice. But, um, thank you. The big thing is you could actually check it on demand too. You didn't even know that, you know. <laughs> so I didn't. You go yeah. to ESPN. Yeah, you go to ESPN Plus if you miss it live. Uh, and I think you just got to search Daily Wager in the search, and you could check the show even after it's aired. So, uh, what are you guys going to be doing on that show? Like, what's I know what it is, but tell the audience. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's a lot different than I think some of the other shows that have been pushed a little bit more recently on other networks. It's more of a sports center take where they're in a studio and they're driving, you know, whatever the breaking news is or the content is of what's going to happen that day. And they want to bring a betting context to it. So they go to me or, you know, Stanford Steve was on the show yesterday. Uh, Chris Felica, the bear from college bear, game day. Yeah. They brought in Scott Van Pella, though. He won't be a daily guy. He was just helping out with the lunch. But, uh, 
you know, they have a ton of guys just on deck to help out. And, you know, there's going to be times like when Adam Schefter will be on just to break an NFL story. And then, you know, how does this affect the futures market in the NFL or something? So it'll be pretty informative and pretty fast paced. Like we try to touch as, you know, on as many games as we can so people can have action if they want it. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be five days a week. And, you know, hopefully eventually once football starts seven days a week. So uh, we're pushing hard and hopefully just, uh, you know, the reception continues to be a good thing. Yeah, we're really, really proud of you. Really happy for you. Thanks, guys. Uh, the subs were like, what happened to Cheeto? We're like, dude, you, you, we were on a text thread with you, and you text us that, you know, you might have another opportunity. And we were, me and Rob were like, go, dude. That's fucking awesome. So I know they were worried you weren't going to still be a part of the Elite Mafia, but we're still going to have the Cheeto popping in and out of the chat. Yeah, I'll be around for sure. Podcast. He's, he's still here. He ain't going anywhere. So, uh, so I didn't even realize you watched The Bachelor, Rob. You actually might have something to talk about on this show, being that all three of us watched The Bachelor. You didn't realize I watched The Bachelor? No, I knew you did. I didn't realize Cheetah did. Oh, I was going to say, Jeff Bands texted me last night. He said, hey, I'm sorry to interrupt your live tweeting of The Bachelor, but I need something for work. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what we'll do, because Cheetah's got to be big time and, and get out of here at some point in the next hour or so. So I think we touch on The Bachelor right now, and then we finish it up at the end, Rob, if Cheetah's got to go, but... Uh, Cheetah, have you watched much of the season? I'll, I'll say this. This has been the first season I haven't seen every episode, and I didn't get to see last night's, although I had seen probably three or four before that. And so last last I know, he jumped the fence. Everyone was going batshit crazy. And then uh-huh. I don't know what actually happened. Real quick, I will say this. I, I will hold this to my grave, but I still think dating back to 2009, I'm the first person that ever invented or implemented a fantasy bachelor league. So if you can find someone that was doing it before two thousand nine, Pat Mayo. That's called Pat Mayo. I think I he know. tries to two thousand nine. It's been a decade, but it's 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 been my thing. So I was like with a bunch of couples. Like my girlfriend at the time ended up being my wife. Now I was like, I got if I'm gonna if they're gonna make me watch this show, I need to make it fun. And so we we <laughs> <made it. laughs> I would I would be willing to wager there was no one before oh nine. It's you pretty know, pretty far back there. Seen. I know like Simmons and like The Ringer and some of like their cast. Started doing stuff maybe three or four years later. ABC implemented something a couple of years ago, I think, on their website. But anyways, I still hold that, that I was the first to invent Fantasy Bachelor, and I made zero, things, zero cents from it. Think, yeah. Hashtag things Preston Johnson invented. Now you're there in you the go. Tommy G invented club. There you go. So, I mean, this, this season has been fucking the only season I've ever watched. I've actually never oh, watched wow. a full okay. season before. The, Rob was texting me when the four guys were on the set at the end. Like, you know, about this guy. Now I'm like, I don't even know who the fuck these four people are. But I will say, Rob, did I, have I not nailed what was going to happen since episode three? Oh, yeah, you absolutely have. And, of course, the, 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 the text I get last night is a brushing my shoulder off meme. Uh, <laughs> followed quickly by a phone call of Tommy saying he called the entire season. Let me ask you this, though, Tommy, because you were so adverse to this show. Uh-huh. Calling me every fucking name under, yep. the, under the sun. How? What, seriously. <laughs> How good is this show from a pure entertainment standpoint? It is the worst show on television. That's it not is the literally the worst show on television. But, but from an addictive entertainment point, it's the best show on television. It's like, so it's, entertaining, right? It, 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 I don't know because I've never seen a season where I didn't absolutely fucking hate The Bachelor. So I, this is my only experience, and I despise Colton. So... Yeah. I don't know if that makes it better. I don't know how it would be if I actually liked The Bachelor. I don't know if The Bachelor usually gets laid or he's usually like, this is my only experience. So watching this kid get shit on over and over and over and over again has been has been glorious. Hey, Rob, Rob, were you watching? I think it was probably like seven years ago or so when they did Bachelor Pad. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what that is? 
No, I don't remember that. So now they do like the Bachelor in Paradise thing because I've seen yeah, that. Be- that I've seen because Bachelor Pad lasted two seasons and it got canceled. But it, that is by far the all-time greatest entertainment show that's ever in the history of television. And they basically did it similarly, where they take they take these contestants from all these different uh, seasons. But Bachelor Pad was a contest for money, and the couple at mm. the end they did the game theory thing, where you either choose to split the money. Or take it yourself. Oh, I've, I saw that. And if you I both with try to take it yourself, it. then you don't get any of it. If you split it, you get to chop it. But, I did but see in the this. second season, yeah. I forget who it was. I apologize for the true fans. You can look this up. But the guy totally screwed the girl over, took the full quarter million, I think it was, instead of 125000 <laughs> And it was like so bad. And everyone hated him. So anyway, they actually canceled the show after that. But it was the greatest thing I've ever seen on television. You yeah. have to take the money. If you're in this yeah, situation, yeah, if the show ever comes back, that money's guaranteed, the whole season, baby. You that think, love oh, they're is gonna not. Be a couple. It doesn't money. matter, right? They're just going to split it, but they're together right. anyway. And he was totally just like playing it off the whole way, pretended like he was her girlfriend. <laughs> Cass eater, huh? Yep, totally That's did. a new term, Cass eater. Cass but, eater. But the best show I ever saw like this outside of uh, my 15-minute appearance on Shipmates, which you guys can all YouTube, <laughs> Shipmates Tommy G, and you will see the single greatest 15, 20 minutes of reality television ever created. But my favorite show, me and Lab talked about this, I think it was called Average Joe or something oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. It was like, right? It was like The Bachelor, but the guy was really broke. But they put him in this huge mansion, yeah. and they brought all these girls in to make him think he was rich. And at the end, they found out he was broke, and they had to decide if they wanted to stay. He's like a construction worker or something. Yeah, yeah. I think there was fucking money involved in that too. I think they could either take him or money. take a million or take him. Yeah, I, I remember watching. Yeah, that too. It, was, it was something, but that was that was great too. But anyway, we'll get back to the Bachelor talk on the back end. We got the sports cheetah here, so we want to make sure we hit on uh, as much conference tournament action as we can. So, Rob, you can take the next 45 minutes off. Good, because uh, my dog just threw up on my fucking couch. Oh, right <laughs> At least there's not worms. <laughs> Rob was saying that he's – what did you say about worms? No, you... so, I told Tommy because I got a little puppy. You can follow at the alcoholic on Twitter to see the pictures of my dog. By the anyway, way, are you going to make a handle for your dog like Ray Flowers does with his cat? No, 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 no. I want all that traffic on my uh, page. Um, but anyway, I, I took him to the vet and he's got hookworms. So they said, well, you know, give him this pill. So I gave the pills this morning. So I'm like, well, I'll be home all day. I can watch him because he's going to shit out fucking worms. Right. So <laughs> so I told Tommy, you know, here I, when I, we start recording, uh, this dog is definitely going to shit worms out of my rug. And uh, the alternative, I didn't plan for this. He threw up on my fucking Jeez. couch. <laughs> right. well, you go handle that. And I'll be right Preston back. We'll talk a little basketball. So, Preston, the, the conference tournament. We'll go conference by conference here. Yeah. Uh, I just made a couple notes on some plays that I have in. Uh, I know the ACC tournament kind of started already. Uh, so, that's off the board on a lot of places. I'm sure they'll be putting that back up once we get f- through these first couple playing games. But uh, Wake Forest, a uh, little bit of a disappointing non-cover there. Seemed to be covering pretty much the whole game. And then uh, – Free throws at the end and some weird calls ended up costing them the cover there. But we got Georgia Tech coming up next. That game will probably be over by the time this prod launches. So I guess let's just hit on kind of from a high level, not necessarily, you know, Duke plus 155, Virginia plus 170. You might not be able to get those. But what's your take on the ACC? And obviously the main topic is Zion here. If you think he's going to play, how much he's going to play. Um, what's your take on this? Yeah, I wish I knew if he was going to play. I, I ended up betting myself Virginia plus 175 a couple of days ago when it opened just because I didn't think he would play. But 
ultimately you're looking at the brackets here and Virginia, Duke and North Carolina are a tier above everyone else in the conference. Yeah. And Virginia won't have to beat two of them because North Carolina and Duke line up as a two and three seed. So I just thought, you know, there's a really, really high portion of the time Virginia's in the final and you're holding plus 175 or 170 against the winner of Duke, North Carolina. Whether Zion plays or not, that's going to be a profitable bet. So I went ahead and took it. But if, if Zion was playing, then, you know, if I had known that, I would have waited because I think Duke would drop. You know, Virginia would probably get to even a better price. So I'm hoping if there is news about Zion, if these two playing games go final and, and they can put numbers back up, we can you know get some more action in there. But I really don't think this is a conference that there's really this outside team that has a chance. I know you kind of disagree. Virginia Tech, they're out without Justin Robinson, I believe. I don't think they can make a run without him. Florida State and Louisville would be like the next closest for me, but I just ultimately don't think they're good enough to get it done. Yeah. I have, mean, you, I, have you guys needed me yet? I'm back. Yeah, no, we didn't even realize you were gone. <laughs> okay. So right. <laughs> the, I'm seeing Clemson plus 18,000. Is that is that the same number you're seeing? That just seems high. The hundred and eighty to one. Yeah, that is high actually. I, let me double check I while mean, we're it, talking. But yeah, that that's these are FanDuel the, lines, that, right? Right. I'm, I'm pulling it off FanDuel. The reason why I've been playing on FanDuel so much lately um, is because I realized that I I live in Jersey. I live ten minutes from the uh, FanDuel sportsbook. I didn't, you know how annoying it is like when you're on like a site and you got to wait to get paid out. You're in Vegas, Preston, so you don't have these issues. But whenever you're betting on a site, whether it's DraftKings, FanDuel, your local credit line, mybookie.ag, whatever it is, there's a payout time, right? It's either the next week or there's three to five days. I live up the street from the FanDuel Sportsbook, so I just had a huge Sunday. And I can go walk, or not walk, drive over to the Sportsbook, cash out fucking $13,000 cash in hand. So I've been doing a lot of my action on on FanDuel being that I live so close to the book. But I just checked. Yeah, so, I'm seeing, yeah Westgate still has yeah. it up, and they're only 60 to 1. So Clemson's definitely high. They, they are one of my higher-rated teams in the ACC, but they just lose every close yeah. game all year long. I think they've lost seven games. Oh, they do. On the yeah. So it sucks. They've kind of been an unlucky team, and a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, you got to win games for them to count, which is true, and they're not, they don't have a really good setup. But 180 to 1, I, I, would, I would guess I have them winning this conference like something between 1% and 1.5% of the time. So you're, you're technically getting good value. 180 is, is definitely high. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if you want to take some stabs, I mean, FSU's got a fairly good team. Um, you're probably going to need Zion out to make it a two-horse race between Virginia and North Carolina. hope they only hit one of those teams throughout the throughout the yeah. bracket and, you know, really just, just probably hedge yourself on that game. But Virginia Tech, I like what they have. Again, they're missing, they're missing their star, so that's going to be a tough one. But the Clemson plus 180 to 1 is just insane because I don't need them. This is the thing people don't understand. And, Rob, you'll, you'll be able to kick in a little bit here. Whenever you're betting – um, long shot favorites, Preston, me and you make a fucking living off doing this, right? We hit all these teams at play, you know, 100 to 1 before the season. Um, we'll have a lot of uh, plays going into the March Madness tournament, which we already have on the site. You don't need them to win at all. You just need them to get far enough so that you can hedge it down so it's a no-lose situation. So I think in this situation at 181, if you could just get a win or two out of Clemson, you could probably walk, slow, slow play your way down so that you're in a no-lose situation. Rob? Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. I'm yeah. trying Sorry. to get you in however the yeah. fuck we can. So if I ever mention your name, just oh, fucking respond. jump in. Yeah, oh. don't talk about The Bachelor. Oh. We're talking college hoops here. But I'm saying when you do long no. shot futures for baseball or for football or for college basketball, you're not necessarily looking for the long shot to win the tournament or the World Series or the Super Bowl. You're just looking for them to get deep. 
No, I mean, listen, a lot of people, you know, when you grab one of these futures and people will say, well, that's never going to hit. Well, I don't need it to hit, you know, as long as as long as I could eventually capture some value on that line, um, you know, you could hedge it out or sell it or do do lots of things with it. Once you've captured some value, you don't need it to win. Right. Preston, last year, I mean, our big ones were Michigan, right? We had Michigan at anywhere from 75 to like 90 to one. Um, and we were all in on it. And that thing was that thing was paying off by the by the elite eight. Yep. I know you hedged a little bit, but not a ton. And I didn't hedge until it was live in game against yeah, Nova. Yeah, live bet so in game I, I was trying to win. I think I had like a thousand bucks on it. So I was trying to win 75 grand. And I just, I, I called I it quits mid game. I was like, they're not going to win this. So I got out of it. But yeah. I made, I made about yeah. a third of that. So it worked out. I got friends. You guys got tremendous value on that, right? Oh, you yeah. have yeah, huge value cool. on that. Yeah, because we did it before they won the Big Ten tournament, which was, you know, the right, odds yep. dropped significantly after they won the Big Ten. But uh, I didn't need – I actually hedged, but I didn't need to because my hedge ended up being Villanova because my other big play oh, was I forgot, Villanova. and you had so them in the auction too, which you, so you cleaned right. up. Yeah, good call. I forgot about that. And, yeah, so the Calcutta, which we'll try and talk. You'll be able to pop on next week, right, Preston, where we could do the March Madness one? Yeah, I should be able to. All right, so next week we'll explain what a Calcutta is, how those work. Um, I slayed that Calcutta I probably had four of the final four teams. <laughs> yeah, never, never seen anything like it in my life. I've done them like yeah, seven so. or eight times. Yeah, yeah, that was that well was... UVA, right? Somebody paid like thirteen or fourteen grand for UVA. I don't remember the exact number, but they paid a fortune for them. And they, of course, mm-hmm. was it who beat them? First round, right? Yeah, they were out. They were out early. So, they, uh, yeah. So we'll talk about Calcutta's and stuff like that more for the NCAA tournament specific uh, next week on the podcast. And we have Cheetah on. Let's move over. I mean, anything else you guys want to touch on ACC? A lot of this is off the board. It's really. I, everyone's talking about the ACC tournament. I think it's a fucking unknown until we find out about Zion, honestly. Uh, the only thing is I had on our Twitch channel yesterday, I talked to Austin. He gave us his top 10. Uh, he was taking a piece of uh, UVA to win it all, I think, 8-1 to one or something. I don't know. Preston, you got a lean on that? Yeah, I actually had someone ask me yesterday about 7-1. to one, And I honestly think so. I, it was one of the only futures I bet before the season. They were just kind of undervalued in general because they did lose to a 16 seed. And it was as high as like 35 to 1. But even now, I mean, if they're the best team in the country and they're just, they get overlooked so much. And Texas Tech is similar, who we'll talk about later, where they just play great defense, they play slower, and they're just not a sexy team. They don't get talked about enough. So you kind of inherently have some value because people just are afraid to bet on these teams, and especially after they lost to a 16 seed. So I actually don't mind it. I think my like true line is closer to maybe like five and a half to one. So if you can get seven or eight, that I think that's actually still worth betting at, at this point in time. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, Preston, I think we have a little friendly side wager on uh, a couple of my predictions. I said that two of those three, Virginia, Tennessee, and Gonzaga, don't make the final four. Um, and probably, I mean, probably all three. Oh, yeah. I actually. I forgot about that. I think we. I did too. Yeah. We, should, we should write it down. Yes. I think it was a, I think it was a handsome, handsome sum too. But uh, I hate Virginia. I hate them. Um, I think they'll do fine in the conference tournament. I, I do not think they're a tournament team. I don't think you can play that slow and get through a lot of these teams if they get hot from the three-point line for five, six straight games. I, I, I love their defense, but I felt like it's waned a little bit at the end of the year. I felt like they were stronger three weeks ago, honestly, than they are now. Isn't the argument, though, that they've always been slow? They've always played defense. And like they never go year, anywhere. We were, last year, we were just betting like under the same team unders. every year. It's but the is their team. offense better this year? I think, so. nah. I think what Austin was yeah. saying, their efficiency. Their offensive efficiency, the best it's been. Kyle Guy shoots like, at one point this year, he was shooting almost 50% from three on seven attempts a game. He, they have four shooters from three, I think, that all shoot at least 40%. So that's the difference, is that this season, if they 
are against a Duke that hits a bunch of threes or whoever it may be, they can maybe hang or at least, you know, keep it closer to where that variance eventually, you know, regresses back because they are a better offense this season. But I mean, it's hard to disagree with Tommy ultimately anyways. I mean, they they haven't done anything. They lost to Syracuse, even though I think Syracuse went to the final four a couple of years back when that was supposed to be their, their real run. I think Brogdon was still on the team before he went to the NBA. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I mean, they've just found ways to lose these games. So, I mean, until we see it, I, I'm definitely more cautious with Virginia than I would be, you know, other teams for sure. I think the thing for me that's a little different this year is they turn in, they're turning the ball over a lot more than they have before, you know. So with that extra offense, they're getting a little sloppy of late. So we'll see. I mean, listen, I, I like the, uh, I like the team. I just, I, you'll never see me take Virginia in, a, in an NCAA tournament until they prove. I me bet wrong. them eight to one yesterday. Yeah, that's a loser. Uh, Big East Conference tournament. So this one's fucking – this is just crazy line. how Marquette and Nova have just fucking started to implode late, Preston. What the fuck is going on with these two teams? Well, this is a great conference because no one in the conference is actually very good. I mean, they're, they're – It's like the Pac-12 they're, too, they're, right? They're like, a better version of the Pac-12 where the, no one really separates. They all beat each other up, except mm-hmm. they're better than the Pac-12. Uh, I mean, Marquette's kind of oh, been yeah, underwhelming all season long. Villanova started slow, got better – then they've kind of tailed off. The the same. I can't believe you guys. So I bet St. John's, and I think I got like a plus thirteen hundred, and they're plus nineteen hundred of Fanduel, and I don't know it should be closer to probably like ten to one. So uh, they're plus nineteen hundred right now. That yeah. I didn't even get that early. Yeah. Like that was last night. That's, I mean, maybe they didn't. I, I honestly think Fanduel doesn't know that they play the games at Madison Square Garden, and that's where like almost all their home <laughs> games are because that changes a lot. They go from being probably a team that wins five to six percent of the time to maybe twelve, thirteen percent of the time. Uh, I think I actually think my true line was plus seven hundred or something like. That. So this is a massive bet. I, I think St. John's is easy. Now they have to play an extra game. They have to play against DePaul early, and they could easily just lose to DePaul in the first round, right? The seven ten matchup. Uh, it, right. it could totally happen. But a lot of these teams, again, they just there's not much that separates from you know the bottom to the top. And getting getting a flyer there, I think that's definitely worth a bet. The funny thing is they're on the other side of the bracket of Nova Creighton uh, Xavier. They're going to play DePaul first, and then they're going to run into Marquette. Marquette was my darling team for a while. I was making a lot of money on Marquette. I thought they were great. The problem is Theo John can't stay on the fucking floor. If Theo John could stay on the floor and could get 28 to 30 minutes consistently, I think that's a very good team. You have, the, the, you have three guys who could shoot the fucking lights out, and you have a big who's versatile. He just can't stay on the floor, and then Marquette's just turning the fucking ball over nonstop. I mean, it seems like every half, Preston, they're sitting at like 11 turnovers at the half. Yeah, it's, did you say you bet St. John to win to win it all, Preston? Saint, no, this is all just Big for the East. Big East Conference. Fandle has okay, okay, yeah, okay. So okay, we're, yeah, we're yeah, just okay. doing conference yeah. tournament prop, yeah. but they're plus nineteen hundred in the conference playing. I got twelve hundred my books the whole way through. Yeah, I think I either bet twelve hundred or thirteen hundred last night, and and I thought it was it was maybe my first or second biggest edge in any of these. And you can get nineteen hundred of Fandle. That's just crazy. Uh, you have to bet yeah. it. Yeah, if you're out there and you can bet at Fandle, definitely grab it. Hmm. So, uh, so what's your take on Villanova here? I mean, Villanova's obviously playing fairly close to home. They get a good crowd in the garden. Um, they're, they have a lot of success in this tournament. But, you know, I'm a little biased because that's my school. But the problem with them is exactly what you said, Preston. They, they looked bad. Then they got good for like a week or two. And then they just went to shit again. They're, they're very inconsistent. Booth's disappearing for halves. Pascal's in, disappearing for halves. 
Are they just a shell of themselves? Yeah, I mean, they really are, though. I mean, even entering the season, they weren't supposed to be as good as they looked right. for about two months in the middle there. And I mean, Gia Wright, you have to just give him, I think, a bunch of that credit just for getting that team to playing at a level that they were for a while. But they just don't have actual like NBA talent, really, that can carry them where they've had in the past. Uh, but I also, when I was looking at the bracket last night, looking how things lined up, I was excited that St. John's wouldn't have to play them until the final. You know, they wouldn't have to right. beat Marquette and Villanova or yeah. something, you know, uh, yep. before they get to the final or something. It's like I I still am mar- I'm probably more scared of Jay Wright coaching and just adjustments and them doing what they do more than any other team. So it's it's kind of this weird spot where I, I don't think I really know what to expect from Villanova uh, for these kind of long shots on teams like St. John's. We're hoping for an upset early on. So maybe it winds up being like Georgetown or, you know, Xavier instead of Villanova and, and we get a, you know, a better opportunity or a better chance to hedge more profitably later in the, in the tournament. So I'm still more worried of Nova than Marquette. I know you said you like Marquette, but I'm with you. I think they're kind of just a one man show anyways. It's Marcus Howard, I believe is his name. Uh, he, he's yeah. also the type of guy though, that could lead you Maybe. to winning the entire thing. Cause he scores 35 a game. So he's pretty high variance, but uh, yeah, I think, I think it's St. John's or, or just a pass for every other price here that you have listed. Yeah. I mean, when, when you look for teams that are built to win in tournaments, whether it's the NCAA tournament or conference tournament, Marquette has everything that I personally look for. They have Howard, who's baby Steph, who could literally just take over a game. You need that type of guy in a tournament because we've seen it with Carmelo and guys like that in the past where one guy could just take a team to the finals. They got the two shooting bigs in the Hauser brothers, and then they have Theo John, who's a presence in the middle. So, I mean, they have it all. They're just having trouble putting it together, and they have terrible coaching. What do you have the line on Seton Hall? To win this and do you have a take on that because right now I mean you're talking about a team that pretty much was on the outside looking in for sure for the for the NCAA tournament two huge wins over Villanova and Marquette the two best teams in the conference so they've already proven in the last week and a half that they can knock off the top two teams and and you're looking at a dude who literally Powell is one of the hottest players in America right now is just taking over games uh, for that Seton Hall squad and they're playing close to home they're a Jersey team playing in New York so What's your take on them? Yeah, I have them winning. This is the projections I'm using are anywhere between like 7 and 9%. So it probably averages out to around 8% to win it. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure. I don't actually don't see the line in this graphic that you sent me. I'm not I sure. I don't have the line on mine okay. because it's a Jersey team. So they don't. Oh, they're not allowed to What team are we talking about? Who are you talking about? Seton, Seton Hall. Hall for Big East. Uh, I got I got plus 560. Yeah, that's uh, definitely not worth, worth any value then. That's about yeah. half of what it probably should be. Right, I was gonna say if that thing was sitting up there around like eight nine hundred, I probably would have hit it. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in on the hype. What do you think of Indiana and Seton Hall? I mean, these are two teams that are pretty controversial right now, Preston, because a lot of people were basically looking at them saying, "Fuck these teams! They've lost to so many bad teams. They had such a bad run, but they're both getting real hot late with big wins late." Do you think these guys get in? Do you think they deserve to get in? You know, it's weird because you you talk to like modeling guys or just pure math guys, and it's like. Do you, how much do you really quantify or value a team getting hot late? But you see it like every other year, at least, if not even more often, where the team that's playing better late in the year, will, more likely, it's more predictive that they're going to play better later in the year. It, it is. It's not like a massive thing. Um, but I'd, I'd rather, like, again, I'd rather have maybe a team like Indiana playing the level they are now than they obviously were three months ago, or like where Villanova was, where we're kind of worried now. So. Well, I generally yeah. don't believe in a team getting hot or a team getting cold, right. but for argument's sake, college basketball is one of those that I feel like momentum yeah. means more than any other sport. Yeah, by far, because in most sports, Rob, you're dealing with you know 25-year-old adults. 
in college basketball, you're dealing with 19 year old kids, right? So the hot, well, the, the hot, argument, the argument I made for betting college basketball this time of year over like NBA this time of year is, is that your wager and their desired outcome match. Like these kids are playing hard. They want to win games. Right. It's not like the Lakers right now that don't give a fuck yeah. about winning games or, you know, guys resting in like your, your wager aligns with the, with the, with the, uh, desires of the team you can right? expect like, like same same reason motivation and, and everything will be there and yeah. you can anticipate that rather than yeah the nba is totally different post all-star break i still feel like the last few weeks i mean everyone knows i made it very clear i, I was up like 200 fucking units in college basketball last year swept the calcutta hit fucking the my two props made the like i was literally just untouchable last year and i was up 50 units as recently as you know three weeks ago and the last three weeks have just been a fucking bloodbath for me Preston I I've just I turned it around on Sunday had a huge Sunday and I feel like I'm more locked in Uh, but I've I've been turning it around with these mid-major conference tournament games with the bids on the line right so I'm excited that everything starts to matter but for the last few weeks it's been really weird in college hoops have you had any success over the last few weeks betting NCAA, I know you're you're a super handicapper with college. Yeah, I, I think I'm over three weeks. I'm probably slightly down the last three weeks. So it's been it's been a grind. And I mean, especially when you bet higher volume, like I know you do, uh, and yeah. then I obviously do regularly. Like, there's going to be pretty massive variance in swings like that. And so you kind of just get accustomed to it. But even in like when I was, uh, you know, doing stuff with you guys, I think at one point college was you know plus twenty x, then down. 15 X and then back to plus 10 X, like just within like a month's time. Like it just, that was, that was like a two and a half week period. It's so swingy. And it's just part of like doing this. If you, if you're not able to really like sustain just betting through bad swings or not going too crazy during the good swings, then it's tough to do this profitably. And that's like what, you know, we do those one one type podcast betting one one things, but it really is Mm -hmm. huge to just manage your bankroll correctly. And then not bet with money you don't have or whatever it could be just because, uh, it ends up taking over your your life to an extent you don't want it to. But yeah, for for college in general, I mean, I, I've, I've I think I would say for four or five years in a row, I I really haven't been very profitable in March until the big tournament, even conference tournaments. Right. I feel like I'm breaking even like every season, like even those ones. Is that is that market efficiency? Yeah, it, it totally could be, and then maybe the fact that you're getting a ton of action in the big dance, you're getting bigger edges. Uh, you know, and, and like the one I did win yesterday was like an Iona Monmouth over because someone steamed it down seven and a half points and I disagreed. I, right. I bet over 138, but it opened 145 or 145 and a half. So I, sometimes I'm actually just trying to, you know, bet against some of the market stuff, but it's, it's, it's tough. You're, you're definitely getting, you know, more efficient numbers at this point than you were two months ago, you know, after the holidays. I think I think a lot with the conference tournament and why I've seen it kind of turn for me over the last couple of days is because when you're watching these teams, a lot of some of these teams, Rob, I got to play five games in five days, you know, if they start making it through deep. So you're getting to see teams play today and then play again tomorrow. And there's a lot more carryover and momentum. And I think part of the reason why it why it gets really hard, because last year I struggled um, right before the conference tournament, too, for those few weeks. It wasn't as bad as this year, but it was like I flattened out and was just even money over that period of time. A lot, there's a lot of variables, Preston, that we talked about. Like you have schools on spring break, so you have te- home teams playing with no fan, no kids in the stands. You have a lot of these teams are tired. A lot of these teams are focused on setting up for the conference tournament because they already have their spot locked or their seed locked up. You know, different motivations. It's and the lines get tighter, and there's a lot more action on them. So I, I think it's normal. 
But uh, you won't talk to a single college basketball better who doesn't get jacked up when the conference tournaments start because this is when this is when everything levels out. Um, the American Athletic here, Preston. I don't have too much interest here. I see UCF at plus four hundred, uh, which looks interesting to me. This is Houston, Cincinnati, Central Florida, Temple, Memphis, etc. Um, you got to take on this conference. I actually don't have a bet here. I'm double checking, making sure I didn't, but I'm pretty sure I, I passed the. Uh, I will say at FanDuel, Houston plus 100, I'm pretty sure is is better by 20 to 25 cents than most. I'm pretty sure they're like a favorite most spots. Uh, and if I got them plus 110 at my book. You have plus 110 at my bookie? Yeah, that's pretty good. I, I would say everywhere else that I had looked last night when I was going through like at Chris and then the Vegas books, uh, which are taking pretty, you know, fairly big limits on this stuff. Uh, I'm pretty sure they were minus 120 or minus 125. So if you wanted to just compare it to that, Maybe there's a little bit of an edge on Houston. They are the best team in the conference for sure. Um, but ultimately, I, I passed on everything. I was hoping maybe for something more like five to one on Cincinnati, uh, but they were only around plus three hundred. So they were yeah. they were kind of a team I had circled where I think they talent wise they're close to Houston. They haven't played as well all year. Uh, they're they're definitely like this, that in that next tier. But you know, at five to one, if they're able to make it into the final, that was one I was hoping for. But the number wasn't good enough. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm, I'm probably not going to have a bet on this tournament, realistically. Um, UCF and Houston are on the same side of the bracket, and Cincy and Temple are on the opposite side. Yeah. So I don't think it's crazy to take a small stab at Temple plus 850. Um, Cincinnati isn't a team that scares me that much. So Temple's going to see Wichita State East Carolina winner. Then they're going to play the winner of Cincinnati and SMU or Tulsa. I think Temple could beat Cincinnati um, on, a, on a neutral court. I don't think they're going to beat them more times than not, but – you know, that plus 850, I think you're live at least to get that Cincinnati win, and then you got an easy hedge um, in the final versus Houston or, or UCF. Just in general, for, uh, for people, look- I wanted to say one thing about Temple because they, they make it this interesting team to even bet on, even in the regular season. They they force a lot of turnovers. I think they're yeah, like top they, 25 in turnover, ro- in turnover rate. Yeah, they're defensively, they're fantastic. And it's, if you're going up against a team that's prone to turning it over, then they're usually a great team to back. They also don't shoot the three very well. So in those games where they are hitting from three and they're forcing turnovers, they look like one of the best teams in the country. If they're missing threes and they're against a team that takes care of the ball, they can look like a team that shouldn't deserve to be in the tournament at all. So that's kind of this weird balance. You have to really understand their strengths and weaknesses. I was looking real quick to see what their their record was. They lost at home to Cincy by four, so they were in that game earlier in the season when they met. So, I mean – rematch there i mean you're, yeah they're gonna have a shot if they can force some turnovers and knock down some three so a50 uh, i think that's about right on as far as fair price goes but if, if you think there's a little bit of an edge there it's it's not a bad one to take a flyer on it's funny you say that <clears throat> excuse me it's funny you say that because coming out of uh, football mode in the college basketball mode one of the first games i saw of temple uh was one of those temple games where they were hitting threes and they were they were defensive uh-huh. walks and i was just like holy shit this team is the new wichita state yeah. and then uh and then yeah i watched another game where that didn't happen yeah. <laughs> so, like in general when you're trying to like hit lot. eight or nine to one shots like you want to be backing high variance teams right because you're, you're right. trying to memphis Tem- temple maximize those are the kind of so, teams that... so they're yeah they're not a bad one to, to ultimately like just kind of from a math angle there the way they play uh, i don't actually don't mind it what's memphis like 11 to one Memphis is eleven to yeah. one, and they're they're a similar team like that. Like they yeah. play playground basketball, like and they have they have a star who can go throw up forty points, um, which you want. So uh, interesting conference. I'm not going to have too much action. I'll throw some you know small hundred dollar bets, two hundred dollar bets on those. Not the normal. Wichita thousand. State's not good this year, huh? Correct. Not the same. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, yeah they haven't been very good. Yeah, they're not the same. Well, at all. well welcome to 2019 college basketball. Or yeah. what? I had no idea. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not used to seeing Wichita down that low. Yeah, no, they haven't been good this year at all. Uh, Big 12 Conference, Cheetah, I know from speaking to you a little bit, I think we are both in love with the same property, oh, nice. so I'll let you start. Uh, we got Texas Tech plus 155, Kansas plus 300, K-State 350, uh, and then Iowa State, Texas, and all them are between six and 1,500, but... Uh, what's your take? Here? Yeah, I took plus 160 last night, which uh, I, yep. I know isn't extremely available offshore. They were like 30 to 40 cents worse at most spots. It's plus 155 on. But Fandle, if you have so. Fandle or you're in Vegas, then you can get this, you know, 155 or 160, which I think is a great bet. Uh, I, I mean, I, I like a couple of weeks ago, I bet them at 30 to one to win it all. I just thought they were a team that, you know, Chris Beard, I think they got to the Elite Eight last year lost to Villanova who ended up winning it all and they were better than everybody. Uh they weren't really the expectations weren't there to start this season, but defensively they're the best defensive efficiency in the entire nation again. And offensively, I, I remember looking this stat up for something else, so it's the numbers have changed a little bit cuz they've played two or three games since, but they were on a run of averaging 81 points a game on offense. And before that, the entire rest of the season, they had scored 66 a game. And so if their offense is finally humming, like they still have the best defense in the country, I actually think they're a borderline top four or five team in the entire country at 30 to one. I think you can still get like 20s to ones out there. If they run the table here, win this Big 12 tournament, I think they're dropping to like 12 to one to win it all. So I actually think there's some value betting 20 to one or better for them. Uh, And then obviously the 160 or 155 just to win the Big 12. Seconded. Literally everything you said. Texas Tech is that team. Texas Tech can make a deep run uh, in the NCAA tournament. <clears throat> so Austin, yeah. Austin yesterday, Austin Mock over. He's in our sports betting package at Guru Elite. He's a great basketball handicapper. Him and Frank uh, Brank. But Austin, uh, Austin was taking thirty-three to one or thirty-two to one yesterday or the day. Oh, before so it was still Texas that high. Tech. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Nice. You want to get in on that now too because uh, obviously we're all on the same page that they could very easily win this Big Twelve tournament. Uh, and if that's the case, that that line's going to move. I think their their spot in the bracket. This is going to sound crazy to people who haven't watched much college basketball this year, but I actually am way prefer them being on the Kansas side than the Kansas State side. I think Kansas State's a better team than Kansas. Kansas really hasn't done shit unless they've been playing at home. So Kansas on the road or on a neutral site is not scary at all. And the other two teams that I worry about a tiny bit are Baylor and Iowa State. Those are two teams that if they get hot can make a run. They got K-State, Baylor, and Iowa State all on the other side of the bracket, and they're on the side with Kansas and Texas. So um, I really like their draw on this. I really like their spot. Cheetah, I know you're like me. Usually if we're taking a conference tournament winner, we want to have plus 300, plus 400. We want to have some better juice on it. But, I mean, I I would take this at even money. Yeah, yeah, if you have – like Virginia was a very similar example. If you're getting plus 160, 175 on a team that wins it half the time, like you you have to be taking those. So – yeah, you don't always want to just be looking for a long shot. Uh, there's oftentimes, like, and we'll get to one, I believe, later in the A10, where I think it's actually okay to lay a little bit of uh, of money on on the favorites. So, uh, anyways, yeah, it's, it's all dependent on the, the conference and, and who and which schools are inside of that conference. Okay, I don't know if I have the A10 listed here, so hit on that now. Sure. Oh, yeah, it's uh, it was VCU that I bet last night at minus one ten, which I don't know if it's up at FanDuel. But, I mean, they've won, oh, I think it's... Minus 110 at my bookie. Minus 110 at my bookie. Let me just check. I think they've won 12 in a row. They just ran away with that conference. And I have them winning it uh, 57.5% of the time, meaning the A-10 conference tournament. So that implies, I think it's like right at minus 135 or so. Uh, so anyway, it's a nice, It's like basically a 5% edge, uh, more or less, a little over 5%. And so VCU's one where I think the favorite 
should be the favorite. I actually don't think we've had a one seed win any of these smaller conference tournaments yet. Um, or I guess Wofford finally did last night. So that's got to yeah. be one of your bigger edges in all the conference championships. Uh, that one, Texas Tech, well, well, if you can get one sixty or one fifty five, and then uh, we'll get to the Big Ten. But one in the Big Ten, those are my three biggest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean v- VCU. Who are you worried about there? I, Dave, I worry more about Davidson than Dayton. If anyone, I mean, I, Dayton's a little bit of a bigger favorite. I kind of like this Davidson team, but I'm with you. I think VCU for even money is a, is a good play on that one. Rob, what's the promo code and all that for my bookie? If people want to get over there, mybookie.ag. I'm giving a lot of FanDuel lines just because that's what I was betting and that's what I had in front of me. But obviously, probably only about seven percent of our listener audience can get down there, so we should probably use more than my bookie. Uh, numbers but uh yeah either go to the bottom of our site in our partner section click that link that'll get you 50 percent. or if you just go there and use guru elite you'll get a 50 percent sign up bonus yeah so mybookie.ag promo code guru elite 50 percent sign up bonuses they have all the conference tournaments i mean they got pretty much everything you can fucking imagine on that site um so get over there and then also we have the sports betting package over at guru elite.com too a lot of people have been asking are you guys doing a separate march madness package um, being that I went so cold for that period of time, I talked to Rob. I was like, let's just, let's just keep it how it is. We don't want to launch the new college betting package for the March Madness. So what we're doing is it's twenty four ninety seven per week, seven-day pass. And not only are you going to get all the March Madness stuff, you're also going to get NBA, PGA, eSports, hockey, golf, Mad Labs, MMA for like fucking 25 Spring bucks Spring training week. baseball. Spring training baseball. MLB Dream's been killing it. it it's just it's a joke of a price. So take advantage of it now. It's just a little uh, little. I'm sorry for my cold streak there to keep that price. I know Rob wasn't happy about it. No, costing me money, fucker. Yeah, Rob is very upset about it. So uh, you mentioned the Big Ten conference there, Cheetah. Let's, let's hit the Big Ten. Uh, this, is a, this is one where I actually have some stronger interest than in the other conferences at some dogs. I, I could see this being one where Michigan and Michigan State, neither of them win the Big Ten. But where are you at? I mean, it certainly could happen. Absolutely. I, I was surprised, though. I could see by his face. You're on one of those two, aren't you? Oh, Michigan State's his biggest edge. I saw uh, okay, I was going to say, I just saw you can tell Cheetah's face. There. It's not Michigan State. It's Michigan. Okay. And it's not oh, because okay. of, like, they went on that run last year. It's nothing there. I mean, th- this is my anticipation as to why the market's kind of adjusted to them not being as good as anyone else in that conference when three weeks ago they were the best team in the Big Ten. By I think everyone would have admitted that. But uh-huh. Nick Ward is announced, I think, yesterday probable for the Big Ten tourney. So Sparty is getting Nick Ward back. But Sparty beat Michigan both times this season. And so people are reacting to the, well, they already beat them twice. They're probably better. Maybe it's a bad matchup. But it's, it's only a two-game sample size. We're not trying to make decisions on two-game sample sizes. On a neutral court, I think Michigan and Sparty are about a pick. And so Michigan at plus 270. I actually bet 250. I don't have access to Fandle, but 270 on Fandle, that would be my biggest edge out of all of these. I have them winning just about a third of the time. Uh, implied, I think, 230 plus at my 202. Book, down a little okay. bit. I still think plus 230 is fine, too. Uh, yeah. It'd be a little smaller bet than if you could get 270. But I, yeah, the whole like can't beat a. You know the same team three times narrative exists, and so maybe that I'm not really going with that. Do you I, believe in that? I don't believe that shit. No, I, I, I saw some stats the other day. Like since 2009, the team sweeps like 72 percent of the time. If they had won the two matchups yeah, prior, funny. usually it's because one of the teams is a favorite for a reason. But you know, this is on a neutral court. I, I trust. I don't know. I trust Beeline. I think that they get it done. And you know, if you're getting plus 270 and they're in the final and it's a pick, you can hedge even at that point if you want. Um, but I just think Sparty's kind of being overvalued because they have beat Michigan twice this season, both on the road and home. And and so I'm, I'm taking it uh, at, I took it at 250, but yeah, 270, even better. 
Yeah, this is uh this fucking Why is FanDuel off the 40 cents on these lines? What's going know. on over there? I don't know. But they, I mean they're they're available. They uh that's part of the reason why I've been doing all my betting there. <laughs> there's I a mean, lot of There dude, there's huge and again, a lot of you aren't in Jersey, so um you're not going to be able to take advantage of it necessarily for now. But there's huge differences on FanDuel and DraftKings to the levels that you could just sit here in New Jersey and just middle your life away. On MMA fights, they'll have one fighter minus 350, and the other one will have minus 210. Like basketball games, they'll have a 7.5 on one and a 6.5 on the other. Um, it's pretty crazy. I think they're kind of setting their own lines. I don't think they're scraping from another book. But, yeah, well, yeah there's, a, there's a lot of edge there. I, I will say real quick, because I know you have some long shots you want to talk about quickly. I had a friend that bet Penn State at 150 to 1. Uh, they moved it at on a hundred dollars. They moved it to fifty, but then some people I know actually still bet it at fifty. And I think you have it forty three to one. They would be the or forty six to one. They they, they moved would be it the on a hundred bucks, or was his count flagged? What was that? Sorry, they moved it on a hundred dollars. Yeah, they moved it from a hundred to one on a hundred dollars to fifty to one. You think his account was flagged or what? It wasn't flagged. I'm just uh, they just they'll just move on action. You know, even, that's one thing we haven't even talked about yet. Like every book kind of varies because it's all based on their own action to an extent. And so, yeah, right. they just, for whatever reason, had Penn State way too high to begin with. But once they got a $100 bet, that was enough for them to just cut it in half. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes that just triggers, you know, where they just go, oh, shit, this is wrong. You know, like you'll see. Yeah, they recognize it and they're like, better. oh, yeah, we, we messed up. But then even but, people I know that were betting 50 and 60 uh, at a few different places. And now in the 40s, it's probably closer to where it should be. But, yeah, Penn State's not a bad flyer. You can get Penn State at 61 to 1 on mybookie.ag right now as we speak. So that's that's a great number um, if you can get that. Just looking at the bracket here for the Big Ten. So one of the problems with the Big Ten tournament is these teams play f- so physical. Um, it's like watching a football game whenever you're watching the Big Ten. So for a team like Penn State, like there's a huge edge to Michigan State, Wisconsin, Purdue, and Michigan that they don't have to play that extra game. Um, playing three, four games in a row in that type of physical environment is really going to be tough. But I mean, listen, Michigan State's probably going to be running into Indiana. Indiana's the nine. Ohio State's the eight. Indiana's probably going to beat Ohio State. But that's a tough game when it had Indiana team, and Penn State's going to run into Purdue. Uh, Purdue's going to run into Penn State. I don't know. I really like just taking a bunch of long shots here. I think my approach is going to be Maryland plus 1,600, Iowa plus 6,100, Penn State uh, plus, what were they, 6,100 over there on my bookie. And I'm just going to take some small, tiny stabs at these long shots. So Maryland's 19 to one. Iowa's 46 to one. Penn State's 61 to one on my bookie. I think I'm just going to take some very, very small stabs on those three and just hope some chaos happens here in this. Are you tournament. telling me my Buckeyes are just totally out of it? Oh, they're garbage without Wesson. Yeah, they're they're they, they lost one of their best players, so they're fucked. You agree, Preston? Yeah, it's tough to bet them. I, I was. I, I had to do all I could to not bet plus four and a half the other day when they were hosting Wisconsin and it moved huge when it was, he was announced out. Uh, and then sure enough, they come all the way back down 20, force overtime, and then they, oh they God, didn't cover anyway, though. So I was glad I stayed away. But they're just, yeah, they don't have really an identity without him. I was on suicide watch that game, Preston. That was so Sunday. I had oh, like you a 40 plus unit day. Well, I had him on the money line and a, in a parlay, and then I had him minus the four, which we got. And that game, Rob. Up 22 with seven minutes and 14 seconds left. I was at the bar, and there was like a NASCAR race I wanted to watch and three other games. I told him to turn it off. I was like, yeah, you could turn this Oh, game. you cashed your ticket. Oh. I, I basically That's was like, why I lost. But I needed to, I had other games on, right? So I You turned, fucked everyone who had that and ticket. It ended up winning, though. Bro, I, it won in overtime. 
Right, it ended oh. up catching up, but I went to my phone, Rob, and I fucking looked down at my phone, and I got a tweet going, oh my god, is this about to happen? And I was like, don't even fucking tell me. And I went on, and the game was like a two-point game, went to overtime, and then they stole the, stole the cover in OT, but Jesus, that was a heart attack. Uh, welcome to college basketball. Um, so let's get away from the Big Ten here. We talked about the Big 12. Uh, let's get over to the SEC. I mean, this is the conference where you know, a lot of people are talking about. Got some really good teams in this conference. Do you think it's wide open, Preston, because there's so many good top-heavy teams? Or do you think there's someone who stands out amongst the pack here? Uh, you know, I was kind of an LSU believer a few weeks ago. They've had some injuries, though, the coach stuff. I, I mean, it's tough to really honestly pick anyone but Tennessee or Kentucky. I, I considered, like, just searching for the best Tennessee price I could find and the best Kentucky price I could find and betting both at plus money they're both plus money if you didn't know so i you know right. i basically am fading everyone else i actually don't think it's that wide open i think they're two teams that are just a, a whole you know tier better than auburn who did just beat tennessee at home but they needed you know some help at home uh, and i just don't think mississippi state or florida and then now lsu with their issues i just don't think it's gonna really be there i, I think maybe if there was one long shot that offensively could you know we talk about getting hot maybe mississippi at like 60 to 1 but I, I really, but even then, that's not a good number. They should, they should be like a hundred to one. So it's it's still not even a good bet. So yeah, for me, it's Kentucky or Tennessee. If you have conviction with one of those two, I, I actually don't think it's wide open. So uh, for me, it's betting both and trying to fade the rest and locking up maybe you know like seventy cents or something like that. Whatever that kind of average. I like that. I like that approach. Um, I did that with NASCAR this weekend. Uh, we had a similar situation. With Harvick and Bush, where they've won like eight of the last ten at oh, Phoenix God. or something, right? And they were plus three hundred and plus three fifty. So I just looked at it as a single bet. Yeah, you know, I put a thousand on each of them and basically said I got two grand to win. You know, basically a little more than my money back, uh, two to one or whatever. I I think that's one approach. What you just said, you go Tennessee and Kentucky, you bet them both. You put a thousand dollars on each. You pull them back fifteen hundred or one eighty or eighteen hundred. The problem with with betting one of them individually is they're on the same side of the bracket, so they're going to have to play each other, right? So you're going to see them play each other before they get to the final. I just love LSU's draw here. I mean, they're they're sitting at the one seed. I know they've fallen a lot. I know they're a little banged up. This is a team I still believe in. I just like the fact that they're not heavily reliant on the three. Uh, they got big bodies. They're a good rebounding team, and they just dominate the paint, and that's that's a team that's more consistent and stable for a conference tournament environment where you don't need to worry about them getting cold. But uh, they're, they're on the side with South Carolina. So, I mean, if you look at LSU lined up with South Carolina and Kentucky lined up with Tennessee in the second or third round, that's a huge advantage to LSU to advance. So I think if you can get that over 450, it looks like it's 420 at my bookie. It's plus 600 on Fandle. So I'm definitely hitting the 600 because I think there's value there. But um. That's where I'm siding, but I, I do like your Tennessee, Kentucky kind of double bang those. They're both plus one one ninety on my bookie, so you're getting almost two to one on both those. Preston. Yep, absolutely. I think that's totally fair. And like I said, if LSU didn't have these recent injury woes and the and the the thing with the coach, which I don't even know the details on personally, but you know maybe things are going to get smoothed out and they'll be healthy, and then six to one's great. I actually do think that they're they're that's better what I'm than saying. I'm banking on. Yeah. I'm banking on some shit sorting itself out a little bit because this situation right now with LSU, I think, is the reason they are six to one. Yep. Right. That I think if you take all that shit away, they're they're plus two eighty, plus three hundred team um, for this tournament. So uh, let's move over to Pac twelve. This is a fucking shit show. Uh, <laughs> Rob, you want to talk about Wichita State? How you look at them and their fucking garbage this year? The whole entire Pac twelve doesn't have a single team that's ranked. 
It, well, Jesus. And they did oh. for a while, and then Washington Jesus. lost like three of their last four. I was going to say, right. I thought Washington was okay. Yeah, no, they fell apart. They fell apart late. I mean, literally, you're talking about the number one team in the conference being plus 350. That's how wide open this tournament is. What so. does it matter with Cal? They just suck, huh? They, Everyone sucks in this conference. Cal, Cal, this is a conference. Cal's worth betting at 240 to 1 for what it's worth. Like That technically is an okay bet. They've won three in a row to end the season. They're, they're playing better if you want to go that route. On some super long shot, it is wide open. Uh, actually, I didn't. I don't think I saw better than like a hundred to one anywhere in town. Two hundred and forty to one at Fanduel. I would. I would bet that. Cal is uh, plus ninety six hundred in my book. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let me Fanduel's giving you guys a little free edge there. I think. Yeah, Fanduel likes to do that. I love him. <laughs> I, I will say, the, uh, I, I did make a bet here. Uh, not Homer, but at the price of Fanduel at plus seven fifty, it's definitely a pass. But I bet Utah. At plus thirteen eleven last night at Chris, yep. Uh, and I honestly, th- th- there's an edge there. It's not huge. Uh, I think it should probably be more like nine or ten to one. But I, I, th- it's hard to quantify like how much value a coach brings to a team for one. Uh, but specifically in a tournament setting, and Larry Kerskobiak's done this with worse Utah teams in the past, where they've made runs to the Pac-12 final. I think three seasons ago they did. Uh, in in a year that it's wide open and there's no team that's even that good or ranked, I actually feel like then coaching, you know, on a game to game basis with really short turnaround could be even compounded to being more significant than in the past. So I actually like Utah quite a bit, but for whatever reason, Fanduel is quite a bit lower than others. But if you can get twelve to one or better, I think on Utah that's worth it for a Pac-12 title. I think my favorite in this is Oregon. Um, they're getting hot late. I think they won their last four or five games. Um, and they, they, they've done this before. Oregon has done this where they've gotten hot late in the season before. So, I mean, I still believe in Washington. I like Oregon. But, again, like you said, Cheetah, this is fucking wide open, dude. You could you, – you, Utah plus 750 on FanDuel is way too low. But on uh, my bookie, they're plus 1,300. So, you said you got 1,311. Yeah, there you go. That's so perfect. Still plus, yeah. They're still plus 1,300 on mybookie.ag, promo code GuruLeet. Um, Arizona at 20 to 1 I think is live. I don't love it. But this is another conference where you could turn around and, and what I'm probably going to do because there's favorable odds on Oregon and Washington, I'm getting plus 450 and plus 350 over at FanDuel where it's plus 220 and plus 330 on other sites. I may just bang these two, Washington, Oregon, and look at it the same way you were doing with Kentucky and Tennessee and just hope one of those two takes it down. Um, but, I mean, this this conference is just – it's a fucking mess. So I have a good, quick, good quick question. Do you think Washington, if they were to drop one, especially if they drop one early, but if they lose – uh, are they an NIT team or they get in anyway and the Pac-12 gets two teams? Like, Is there any avenue that they get two? Uh, if they drop it in the finals? Yeah, that's story, like best right? case scenario, like, right? Yeah. Right. Like if Washington – like if you're a Pac-12 fan, if you're Bill Walton, you know, you probably want Washington to get to the final, you know, play a team like ASU and then lose to ASU and then hope you sneak both of them in. But, I mean – they might just because of the name of the conference, but that's the only reason why they don't deserve two teams. Okay, I have a, I have a couple hundred bucks on them at forty to one to win the NIT, and so I I need Washington to lose early <laughs> yeah. so they don't even get in, and then they're like a favorite in the NIT or at least up there. Oh god, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm, as long I'm, as you can get through I'm that first mental game, yep. That's that's an interesting bet. You get through that first mental game in the NIT, make sure they're not mailing it in, and then you then you're golden once they start getting some momentum. Um, here you were talking about your favorite bets um mine is here uh this is in the mountain west conference i i'm obsessed with nevada um i've been a big nevada fan for a couple years now i love the martin brothers 
you know, they're they're I wouldn't say far and away the best team in this conference because Utah State is a very good team. I just love the senior leadership for a team like Nevada. Uh, they got a lot of guys who can handle the ball, which is important. Um, but there, this is a team that minus one thirty is something that I will never do in a conference tournament. But I'm seeing minus one sixty five in other places, minus one seventy. So the minus one thirty, I actually think, is a good number. Yeah, I was going to say minus one thirty is actually yeah. cheap relative to the market. Granted, a lot of the market in Vegas is a lot worse numbers wise on Nevada and UNLV, just always because they take more action on those teams. So. Uh, those are yeah, those are minus one sixties when I was checking last night though most spots. I still think minus one thirties uh not a profitable bet. I, I would I would guess if I remember off the top of my head, it was almost like a dead fifty fifty Nevada versus the field, maybe Nevada like fifty three percent to win. So a lot closer to like minus one twelve or minus one thirteen. So I wouldn't bet minus one thirty either. Uh, I think it's one where you might it's a conference where I think betting game to game might offer some advantages, just seeing, uh-huh. um, you know, mm. some early matchups and then playing matchups from then on. It's kind of been that way all season long in the Mountain West as a whole. So, you know, if it's Utah State against Nevada in the final, like Utah State's actually, I think, played Nevada well twice. They, they've split. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. If it's not Utah State, then Nevada should crush whoever they play in the final personally. Um, so I don't I think a lot will vary. If I was to take one flyer, it's probably UNLV at twenty-two to one, just because I don't think FanDuel knows they're playing at home. <laughs> they did the same thing with uh-huh. St. John's, <laughs> and that's it's it's way higher than anyone else. I, I don't think they were much higher than fifteen to one uh, anywhere that I was looking last night. So twenty-two to one on UNLV, I think technically is a little high. Yeah, that's and that sucks that Nevada is going to run into them on their side of the bracket. Yeah, San Diego State knocks them off, but uh, but I I just I I think Nevada I think Nevada makes a deep run in the tournament this year too. Um, maybe it's my obsession with the Martin brothers, but do you, uh, do you think they're going to be good in the pros? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I, I wish I was keen enough to be able to, I guess, like know some of their scout it like combine stuff. Like, I'm not sure how athletic mm-hmm. they are relative to some of the other guys, the like skill and talents there. So if they can, you know, they kind of remind me of like a, like a Landry Shamit from Wichita state where he, they played a few uh-huh. more years They've had a little bit of injuries. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're late first round picks, or he may have even been a second round pick. And then now that he's healthy and he's just such a smart player and good player, and it looks like he's athletic enough, he's actually a good defender. Where we weren't sure if he was going to be because he's kind of small. I mean, he's been crushing for the Clippers now. He was great, you know, for the Sixers when they traded him for Tobias Harris. I don't know why that kind of comp just jumped into my head when you asked. But the Martin brothers are kind of they kind of have that feel where they could be like really good, impactful metrics guys. Or if they're like defensively or athletically just not actually to where they need to be, then they might not last more than a couple of years. But uh, I don't know if I really have you know an answer right off the top of my head right now. I've been pretty good with this, you know, over time. Like Steph Curry was probably what put me on the map with my group of friends, where I was like, this dude's going to be an absolute. This was before even his his big run in the tournament. Um, you just see certain kids just have that fucking swag, and it was like. Everyone talks about Steph Curry now. None of you fucking knew Steph Curry was going to be a superstar. I was screaming it from a goddamn mountaintop, you know, when it was happening that this kid's a star because all I watch is college basketball. Marcus Howard's a kid like that right now from Marquette. Oh, I'm screaming that someone's going to steal him at, like, the end of the first round, second round. Who knows when he even goes in the draft, depending on his metrics. But he's going to be a stud. Uh, I think Nevada's got three guys, and Jordan Caroline, who I think can make a, a pretty good pro, and Caleb Martin specifically, um, with the new NBA, you're going to see a lot more guys like this, the Shamits, guys like that actually emerge because it's not really a positional league anymore. 
Like you used to these six, seven yeah, guys that used to be like, well, where does he fit? What position? Now they don't even play positions anymore. Like if you can handle and you can shoot, they'll find a spot for you on the team because there's someone to match up with on the other team is doing the same thing. I think in general from like mock drafts and stuff that I've seen, I think Caroline is technically a better prospect than both Martin Brothers. Yeah, he's, yeah. I, I would agree with that. Where did I have Howard going? Have you seen that? I think 20s, first round. Yeah, that's what yeah. I would imagine, late first round. I think that's going to be kind of a steal down there at the late first round. Um any other conference tournaments you want to cover here, Cheeto? What else you got? Uh, let me just throw them out because then I got to bounce in a couple minutes. But I did. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I did bet a couple more real quick. Uh, if you have access to the Big Sky, uh, Northern Colorado, I bet plus two fifty. Uh, I believe I had it closer to about plus two hundred as far as where my true line would be. They, it's basically them or Montana. You know, barring upsets, I had have them be about a two point underdog if they met Montana in the final. But they have a senior guard. We talk about the guys that can kind of carry a team. This would be the one I would say, especially in a smaller conference where having a, the best player on the floor, I think, goes a longer way. He averages 24, 5, and 5. His name's Jordan Davis. Uh, so he's actually from Las Vegas, and the tournament's in Reno, so maybe he gets some local love, too, with the crowd there. So I actually like that 2.5 to 1, and there's just an edge there anyway from the numbers. I like Northern Colorado. Uh, and then I had one more, I believe, uh, Conference USA. Sorry, I'm just checking my phone. Uh, plus 350 for Southern Miss. And I had that one quite a bit lower. Um, so if you have access to the conference USA, I, I didn't dig in. There's no like secret player that's from you know, locally that's going to take them to the house. But th- that was one where uh, I had, a, I think they're the second favorite. I had them actually the true favorite in this conference. So you're getting um, quite a big edge. I had it. It was like, it was very close to where Michigan actually was at, like almost a 7% edge on my numbers. So uh, if you can find Southern Miss in that three or 350 range, it's worth a bet. Yeah, that that's dude. I love that. Shit. Looks like, like they might have got smoked. I see plus two twenty. Did it move a ton already? That could have that could have happened, especially because there's only a couple markets that offer the smaller conferences. So I may have ruined that for people last night. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like what you're saying there, Cheetah. These small conferences, especially when you look at like the John Morant, you know, on Murray State, it just takes one guy to fucking take yeah. over those tournaments. Um, and these are these are teams that you got to watch in the NCAA tournament too. You know, these these small school teams with a John Moran or someone like that who's a fucking killer who can go in there and throw up 40 points. Before you get out of here, Cheetah, give me a couple of uh, – maybe a couple sleepers. I mean, we'll go into it when the brackets are out, but maybe some teams that you think could make some noise deep in the NCAA tournament. And maybe one or two things that you look for when picking a conference tournament team, whether it's in the conference tournament or the NCAA tournament. You know, what, what are one or two statistics or things that you look for to find these sleepers? Uh, there isn't really like a specific statistic or metric that I'm looking for outside of, you know, just grinding the offensive efficiency, the defensive efficiencies on the seasons and, and on the season, excuse me, and then how they match up. Uh, but there's not like one particular thing unless, you know, you're really diving into a specific matchup. But when you're looking for a futures bet long term through a tournament, you can't really project all of their matchups. But like we talked about Temple and how, you know, if they're playing someone that doesn't take care of the ball, Temple's almost an automatic bet for me. So matchup by matchup, I'm looking more into specific stats or metrics. But as a whole, there's nothing really that I, I'm, I'm like, hey, you know, if this team is good at this, I'm going to take a, fly, a, a flyer. I would say just uh, math wise, just in general, a team that shoots a lot of threes and has the possibility of making a lot of them could go far if they're just hot for a couple weeks, right, or a couple weekends. And so Wofford's a really yeah. popular team, and I hate to be that guy that's, I guess, like, are they? They don't even count as a sleeper anymore. But 
I mean, they, I think they shoot 41.6% from three, is second in the country, and then they shoot a lot of them. And then they get to the line, and they have, like, two guys that hit over 90% from the free throw line. And you saw them, they were down five late to Greensboro, and they went on a 20-2 to two run once they just kind of flipped the switch. They didn't, They were in going to be in the tournament either way, so they didn't even need that. They, I don't know, they, they ended up covering one by, like, 12. Uh, I had some friends on plus seven and a half, and I had a little bet on plus seven and a half myself. So I was a little bit frustrated, but they're just they're just good. And if they're in that seven six, you know, seed range, they're gonna you know have an, an okay setup against some you know ten or uh, eleven seeds that they can beat, and then you know they're moving on and playing maybe a two or three seed that just isn't as strong. So they would be my first pick, and I and I hate to be kind of lame because they're a popular one, but they really the three point variance is a thing. And another one that I think would count as a sleeper because. Going into the season, I think most people had them about top 10 or top 12, and they haven't been as good, but they also shoot a pretty high number of threes, and they played in a really tough conference, but that's Auburn, and they're about a five seed, I think, right uh-huh. now in Lenardi's bracket. And I haven't looked, to be honest, off the top of my head. I don't know what prices are on Auburn, and I'd have to look to see what my actual like projections are. But they're a team just to watch, and if you, you, know, if you see them shooting 10% from three, they're going to lose their first game to anybody. If they're shooting 40 plus percent, they shoot enough of them and they're athletic enough and they're pretty good defensively rebounding the ball. You know, they could just get hot and make a deep run. So I would say they're kind of like the bigger name team that has that three points variance that could be really positive. And then Wofford would be the smaller school. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you there on Wofford. Obviously I like uh Buffalo. It's weird, weird year, right? Buffalo, Wofford. A lot of these teams that you know, and you want to take as sleepers are probably going to be higher. Yeah, seasons hopefully in the first round. Yeah, hopefully they don't blow it because I mean, they, I feel like it's a good year. We always complain. Everyone usually is rooting for the underdog, and this is a good season where if these underdogs can actually do well, maybe then the committee will actually consider to maybe make you know some random conference a two bid league one year if they had two teams that were just you know 28 and 6 or something and generally it's only a one bid league um so I'm hoping that they can make a good showing this season this is one of the best chances they'll have at having a few teams potentially in the sweet 16 yeah I agree I like Murray State I like Davidson I like Nevada Buffalo Wofford I liked Belmont but a disappointing final game for them there um any final words here, Cheetah, before you get out of no, here? No, thanks, thanks for having me on. Uh, we'll try to do this next week for the actual big dance, but hopefully we can hit a couple of these uh, conference features and make some people some money. Yep, and if it hasn't aired by the time this pod comes out, uh, make sure you catch it Monday through Friday. Uh, Cheetah, 6 p.m., and that's on ESPN News? News, yeah, Daily Wager, thank you. Daily Wager, ESPN News. Uh, our boy Cheetah will be on there. It's actually I'm not just saying this because he's here. Uh, you guys know I've. I've had my thoughts on ESPN, but I really like this show. Um, it's a betting show on ESPN, so it's great. And you got some really good guys on there. And then we got our boy to Sports Cheetah. Follow him on Twitter at Sports Cheetah. You guys should already know the handle. Cheetah, get the truck out of hey. here, man. I know you got to go get all prettied up and do your hair That's and right. makeup. And get get on the TV. makeup on, man. Hey, thank you, guys. You enjoy the rest of the all Bachelor right, Talk with Rob. Yeah, it's, it's going to be horrible now that you're gone. All right, let it in. All right, Robert. So uh, what did you think of all that? Did you put any bets in? Yeah, oh, I've got a whole bet list here. Um, we should add, well, yeah, I've got most of them. It sounded like you agreed with a lot of them, but I've got uh, Michigan. Did you write them down? At Michigan. Uh, I Texas mean, I have Tech. most of mine already in there. I know he liked Michigan a ton. Um, who was it? Houston. Uh, he liked the value on that. Houston. And, uh, you know what? Let's make them go back and re-listen so that they got to Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Give listen us to more, the give us more views. Don't listen to me. Give us more Dude. You've got to see this, Tommy. What's this? Wait. Wait. Oh, Jesus. 
I don't know. What the hell is going on? What the fuck is that? My fucking dog, as we're talking, he's trying to eat the drywall. So I took a goddamn roll of paper towels and threw it at him. And now the paper towels are all over the fucking floor. It is destroyed. Oh, God, Rob. I'm, I'm actually filming this on my video right now. So I can no. Post a screenshot Look at of this, this dog. Look what he's done. Quiet, you. Look what Get you it, did. Get it, dog. Look what you did. You don't bark at me. <laughs> really, it's fucking adorable. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, Rob's, Rob, behind Rob, it looks like fucking... It looks like an apocalypse is taking place back there. I love this is you, what you get for ignoring him. I love that you're trapped here now. So, Rob, The Bachelor's on tonight. What's your, what's, what's your take? First, talk about how great I am at The Bachelor in my first season predicting everything. Let's Blow fucking me. go. I, I, I was supposed to have a meeting tonight, and I canceled it because I want to watch The Bachelor uh, finale here. But let me tell you why the end of this show is a total fucking fraud. Colton's a total fucking fraud, and he's actually ruined The Bachelor this season. Okay. Because, in general, this whole thing builds to a climax. Well, it climaxed in last week. Right. And now, essentially, all we are watching Filler. is some poor fucking sap clean up a mess. But what they've done is they've made it sound like, oh, this is the the, the most traumatic the fucking most dramatic thing fun, in the everything. history of life. Yeah. It's all filler and it's all bullshit from last night until tonight, I'm sure. But I have to see how it concludes. I love the dog the barking up. in the background. <laughs> the, uh, so I I thought. So my predictions were, and I should admit on this, first episode, and I'm still right on my prediction. First episode, I text Rob, and I said, Rob's giving is like, you know when you tell someone to be quiet and you put your finger over your lips like, shh. Rob's doing that to his dog. Like a fucking (laughs) two-month-old dog is going to know what the finger over his lips means. He's not even saying. He's like, shh. We're just going to roll with the dog barking on the Just leave the fucking dog in the background. Who gives a shit? Uh, It's no mercy. It's not a real podcast. Um so my initial call, right, sight unseen, day one, first fucking 20 minutes was he needs to marry Hannah, yeah. right? Hannah G needs to marry her, 100%. Shut did you pivot sh- from that stance, yes, though? Because I, did. I was I, with well, no. you and I pivoted. Because from the beginning, I said, she's the one. And I stand mm-hmm. by that. She's mm-hmm. the one. Like, the mm-hmm. letting that girl go is fucking insanity. Like, that. I text with a couple females who I'm friends with, and... All of them are like, I'd marry Hannah G. Like, that girl is the nuts. She should be the bachelorette. But uh, he fucked that. But I realized, because I have a long history with Southern California bimbos, that 23-year-old SoCal Cassie was going to manipulate his stupid brain, which is exactly what she did. And I said, this girl's here for fame. It's going to go to the wire, because they were teasing us with the wall jump the whole season. Yeah. I told Rob, I was like, he's going to pick Cassie. He's going to fuck it up with everyone else. He's going mm-hmm. to fucking chase her. She's going to shit on him. And then he he's is. going to continue to chase her after the show. He's like going to shut it all down. And, yeah. and dude, last night was the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. Because this piece of shit who says, I'm falling in love with you. I'm falling in love with you to fucking 30 girls this, this whole season. And cries every goddamn episode like a fucking pussy. Basically, did the interviews last night with Tasha and... By the way, how hot is she? 
No, oh, yeah. She was the one. He fucked that up. I mean, he Hannah was the up. one, but those two, either one, you can't lose with either of those two. I would, I would literally put a ring on either of those two girls' fingers. Tasha like, was very on. much an adult, though. Sorry, I'll let you finish. No, 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 no. Go, 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 go. No, no. The thing is, when Colton went and broke up with Tasha, and they go behind this closed door, who do you hear crying? Him. She is comforting him. And I'm like, I tweeted. Colton is twisting the fucking dagger in each one of these women. He couldn't just go and end it. Oh, well, I really loved you, but this. And then he's crying like a poor sap. I mean, he knifed them. And you nailed it on the head of why he did that, Tommy. Yeah, he did it because he's a fucking complete stage five clinger to Cassie. Cassie's going to drag him along because she needs to remain famous. So Mm -hmm. he did that intentionally. Every word he said to Tasha and to Hannah and to every girl Mm -hmm. was as if Cassie was watching. So he was selling Cassie, using them to sell Cassie. So they were like, do you regret anything on your dates with Tasha? Nope. I wouldn't have done anything different to get exactly where I am right now. Like, bullshit. You're a pussy. That girl saved your ass emotionally throughout the whole fucking show. And now you're going to fucking truck her and run her right over just so that Cassie watching from backstage or home is going to go, oh, Colton, that's sweet. You're still a fucking pussy and obsessed with this girl. And I just, I, I, my theory was what Cassie should do, because it was right. She's fucking using everyone and just to get fame. She's very disliked right now, Rob. So I think what she needs to do mm-hmm. is she needs to stay with them for about another month or two, right? Get with them, date them so that she can get on the cover of Us Weekly. They could be like, where are they now? There could be pictures of them in public. So kind of ride this steam from The Bachelor for a couple months. And then once they start to fall out of spotlight and no one gives a shit about them anymore, then yeah. dump them so that you could appear back in the spotlight, probably buy her another six months of relevancy uh, compared to what I want her to do, which is dump his ass on the show. So we find out tonight, which yeah. is why this is I, I, I'm still fired up for tonight. We find out tonight. But let me ask you this, Tommy. Did she know when she went and broke up with him that he was going to shut it the fuck down? Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. I don't know if they had a conversation before. it. I don't know what it is. Either she just intuitively knew or she actually knew that if she did this, he would shut down the show. She's still in love with her ex. She's still in love with her ex. But That's the best thing was Colton running through the streets and them chasing him. And it was just all fucking bullshit. But it was amazing. He's such a fucking baby little bitch. And everyone's right now listening. They probably all tuned out already. But why are we talking about that? Dude, go back and rewatch it. I'm telling you. I am more alpha male than you are. Rob is more alpha male than you are outside of The Bachelor, right? Like, you're you listening right now are probably sitting in your basement popping pimples, <laughs> waiting for your mom to make you a goddamn spaghetti. Like, I'm more alpha than you. I promise you. And I'm obsessed with this show. You can go to ABC On Demand, take a night, and bang out the whole season, you'll understand why I and Rob has been, and Sports Cheetah has been longer than Rob, it appears, but why we're obsessed with hate watching this show. Because that's all you're doing, Rob. You just fucking hate watching it. Oh, of course. The the people watching and the commentary that I give is all part of the fun of the show. Tonight, though, the big announcement, Tommy, the big announcement tonight. Uh-huh. And I have to know, I have to know uh, if you're going to watch. Okay, I'm going to. They watch. are announcing the Bachelorette tonight. I am going. Of course, I'm going to watch Rob. And I'm going to be texting with you. What they usually do is it is a contestant from the previous season. Like if you guys oh, this don't know, season or last season, 
No, no, the season that's wrapping up now. Okay, is usually, yeah. So the Bachelorette will be like, one of these Colton people. was like a finalist on the last. I saw one. that. I actually saw the one. last episode of the Bachelorette. I didn't see any of it else, but I saw Colton crying in that one, and that's when I started to hate him. So that's why I okay. watched this one. But so if I was going to set a line, I would say it's like plus two fifty Hannah B, and uh, maybe like plus four hundred Tasha. Um, I would be shocked if they just. I mean, they could just Hannah bring in B or Hannah field. G. G. Sorry, Hannah G. Okay. Um, I'd be shocked if they brought in somebody from the field, but you, I guess they could. Um, but my my money would be uh, Hannah B as the Bachelorette. Okay, Hannah G. Rob. Hannah G. <laughs> Here's I'm gonna I'm gonna give you something here with a little self tout on the back. Okay. I don't Shocking. think you were there. So do you remember when we were in Denver? Or Nashville. I forget where it was. Mans was there. And I picked up Miss Minnesota mm-hmm. and Miss California. They were both there. Like, literally to this day, the two hottest girls I've picked up at a bar. Right? I was not there. Maybe it was in California, actually. But wherever it was, Mans was there. It was at a conference. Maybe it was in California. So there were these two drop-dead gorgeous girls. One of They ended up being one of them was Miss Minnesota and one of them was Miss California. They competed mm-hmm. in Miss fucking America and Miss Universe and shit. I think one of them won. But, um... I still follow him on Instagram, um, have communicated with him back and forth, but spent the whole night hanging out with him. They both had boyfriends and all that, so I didn't get to do anything. But, I mean, like, literally picked him up and brought five girls, two of which were fucking beauty pageant queens, into our world for the whole entire night, taking pictures, joking around, doing shots. Um, thought I had a shot. Turned out I didn't. But, uh, but, hey, got five hours hanging out with fucking, you know, Miss America contestants. I follow one of them. And one of them posted. Where's the story leading other than the fact that well, you said you picked well, up I needed two to hot get my chicks. humble brag in first. Um, one of them posted, I'm just going to find it, a picture with Hannah B. Hannah Beast. Mm-hmm. Okay. The crazy this, one. This, right. The crazy one. This was 16 hours ago. She posted a picture with uh, the girl Kelly, at mm-hmm. the, the Miss California, and her. With a picture with Hannah B, because I guess B was, Hannah B was Miss Alabama. Mm-hmm. So it was, they were all in it together, Minnesota, yep. California, Alabama. They must have been friends on the show. She posted a picture. Never thought I'd look forward to Monday nights this much, blah, blah, blah. Rumor has it this babe is going to be giving us another season of Hannah Beast, and I'm so ready for it. Bachelorette, mm. Miss USA. So this no was last kidding. night. Can I bet this somewhere? If we can find a prop, and this was this is – Gotta be plus two thousand, right? Like, not even on the radar. It's everyone's talking Hannah G or Tasha. But if we could find a prop on Hannah B, Hannah Beast to be the next Bachelorette, I am putting tons of money on it here at an extreme long shot, which no one in the world is talking about. Rob, let's make some money on this. Do you see it anywhere? I'm digging right now, baby. If I listen, if I find inside it, I will info. post it. Inside info, Bachelorette, thanks to Tommy's penis. Wow. How about this? Tom, Tommy's penis follows two things. One of them's money and the other thing's snatch. So This is perfect. The snatch leads him to money. It's even better. <laughs> <laughs> Does my bookie have it? Entertainment. I can't find it, but I'm going to text Marcus to put it up. Odds <laughs> <laughs> on the next Bachelorette. Someone's got to have it somewhere, right? Odds to be the next know. Bachelorette. Sports betting dime. Unfortunately, we are unable to provide this service. Uh, from cool and see who will be the next Bachelorette. 
God, we got to find a line on this. It's got to be a line. We got to at least be able to get takers on the internet, right? Yeah, we should. Be so who would to. you who would you say you think it's Hannah? Well, Hannah I'm still G? I'm still going to go Hannah G. But with this little inside information, I drop a few nickels on it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. We got some inside info here. So uh, we got to take advantage of that. So we did a little bachelorette at the end here and we still managed to turn it in the futures prop betting. So uh, good for us for doing that. Uh, any final words here, uh, Mr. Rob, or anything you wanted to touch on before we get out here? No, I'm out. I got a fucking mess to clean up from this goddamn dog. <laughs> I wanted to stall this out as long as I could. So <laughs> my dog, Tommy's just thinking of things to say. My dog's <laughs> eating drywall. Dog eating, no, I'm just watching it in the background. <laughs> it's just, just pacing, just eating shaking shit. Shaking its head like, arr, 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 with shit in its mouth. I'll post a picture when we get off. Oh, I, I took a little video, so I'll make sure to I'll send it to you, and then you can post it. But uh, that was great. So thanks to the sports cheetah. For coming on we're going to be back with them next week uh once the uh once the brackets are out probably monday tuesday or wednesday one of those three days we got to work about around king cheetah's schedule rob you know he's, yeah, he's really exactly. famous now so we gotta we got we gotta work around him but uh get over to guru elite.com like we said the vip betting package is still the same price 24.97 25 bucks a week for fucking every single sport uh that we have over there uh, fantastic deal. Going to get you all the way through March Madness. I'm really excited for like Thursday. That's Wednesday, Thursday is when this starts. Right now, you got a lot of these fucking shitty Wake Forest and Georgia Tech, Notre Dame bullshit first round games. But uh, once this thing gets going and we start to get the big teams in, we start to get some back-to-backs going, uh, we're going to start slaying. And uh, we're going to have a good end of March into April. And then you yeah. can make a bunch of money and then go buy our MLB DFS package, uh, which we have. I, I want to add real quick, guys. I, if, I've shut it down for NBA season. Uh, if you're in the VIP pack, you know, I, I, I was at 30 units. I've trended around 28, 30 units for about four weeks and finally just said I'm, I'm out. Um, we've got lots of guys firing college basketball. We've got spring training picks in there. I am shifted my whole focus to MLB betting right now. Uh, in fact, that's how I've spent my last two days, uh, getting ready for the season. So, uh, if you're looking for action for me in there, it's not going to be there. It'll be in the MLB package coming out, uh, really soon. Yeah. So for right now, we're going to have, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say exactly what we're going to do, but we're probably going to break off into different sports, uh, and then have a different VIP going forward but for right now until the mlb season starts you're going to get the mlb spring training uh in that package uh, and then again get over to mybookie.ag promo code guru elite for a 50 deposit bonus to bet on all these props we're going to try and talk marcus now into putting some props up on who the next bachelorette's going to be uh so for rob who is out i am tommy g good luck stay cashing motherfuckers mercy is for the weak we do not train to be merciful here a man face you he is enemy Enemy deserve no mercy. Oh.